Welcome, everybody, to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham DeWeese, and I'm here once again with Brian the Soul Man Solak and Matthew Page. How's it going, guys? It's going. How are you guys? Hey, hey, hey. Doing, it's going well, I guess. Doing good, <laughs> and we're talking about sports, and not that there's much in the way of sports going on right now, however. I was going to say, are we on, like, day 90 of no sports? It feels like it's been a near, like, like decade now. Well, it's what, the 17th of April right now? I'm going through withdrawal. Am I right about that? Seventeenth. Yeah. Okay. April eighteenth. Okay. I don't know what day it is uh, because that's how this works in the new, in the new universe of COVID nineteen. Um, but uh, we were what put on lockdown on March fourteenth. Does that sound right? It's only been a month. That's, it's only that's been depressing. a month and a couple of days. Yes. Yeah, it's depressing. <laughs> uh, I guess. Hey, we- did anybody? Real quick, did anybody watch the Tetris Championship on ESPN2 this morning? That's no. what it's come to? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's going to take another another couple days before I get okay. that. Okay. <laughs> uh, because in the meantime, what we've been doing is we've been looking at the NFL draft coming up forward. And then also, we I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I watch pro wrestling. And since it's essential in Florida, then uh, uh, you know I'll, I'll keep watching it. So the, <laughs> the, the the big news this the big news this week and on our podcast last weekend we talked about the XFL uh, going through uh, go, going through a shutdown and I made the proclamation guys I made the proclamation that they will rise from their ashes and come back in in full force in a couple years and then Monday morning happened and they filed for bankruptcy. So I was wrong. Um, let me have it, guys. Tell me how I was well, wrong. <laughs> well, I was gonna say first of all, I was reading. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm blanking on the source, but uh, a day or two ago, I was reading that there were some potential buyers out there potentially for uh, people interested as in picking it up, picking up the assets and the the, the contracts and, and so forth, and maybe continuing it once things calm down and and, and maybe in a year or two break, you know to get things back to normal. Um, But uh, yeah, as in in McMahon may walk away and sell what little, you know, assets he can get, get, you know, get what, get get what he can for it. Um, But then, you know, yeah, there might be a bank, there might be a bankruptcy buyer. So is this one of those things where the buyers are basically vultures waiting for the bankruptcy to, to, to finish that way? They don't have to pay McMahon the, the value of it now rather they pay, they pay pennies to the dollar. Um, we'll go ahead. Uh, interesting way to look at it. First of all, I'm not, I'm not going to bash you, Abe, on your prediction there, you know, <laughs> it, would be, it would be fun to bash you, but that's besides the point. Um, I don't think there's going to be vultures out there. I mean, it, it could happen. To, we'll see how long this pandemic goes, but, I mean, look, looking at it before they went, filed for bankruptcy, they had investors like, what's his name, the former Oklahoma coach who was coaching Houston, or, I believe. Stoops. Yeah, he, he was like a million dollars into it, I believe. And there was another uh, the guy in Tampa Bay, which now explains why he even still has a job. But Mark Trestman, he, he, he had nearly a million dollars into it, too. So, But I, I read what Matt read, too. I don't remember who the source was, but. It sounds like to me there's a, a lot of people interested in who. And yeah, it could be back in a couple of years. 
Yeah, it's re- it's. I mean, it's in the Wall Street Journal. I just did a quick Google. It's in the Wall Street Journal. It's in Forbes. Um, they are they're planning to sell by mid July. So they, really? they they must already have some interested buyers. They must already have some people who are, you know, have at least inquired if they're already giving a timeline of some kind. Then, so was, um, so that, I was just that, curi- that, that bodes well. I was just curious if it's actually a opportunity and opportunity to restart the league or is this a scenario like when uh vince mcmahon bought wcw never bought it with the with the purpose of keeping that alive rather he just bought it for the you know mark the the marketing of the uh, uh you know name brand and you know the video collection um, well, he was a he was a direct competitor for the WCW. There is no direct competitor for the XFL. Well, NFL. Except maybe the NFL, but the NFL doesn't want to buy it and shut it down. If they were to buy it, they'd treat it like a minor league and they'd keep it running. So I think either way, it, it bodes well for the potential of the league continuing to play games once all this has calmed down. All right. So it's like the end of Flash Gordon where it says the end and then question mark. Question mark. Question yeah. mark, yeah. I, I hope that Ming the Merciless laughing is actually Roger Goodell and him laughing, but uh, uh, it's better, better than nothing. Speaking of the that's NFL. my thoughts on Roger Goodell, sorry. <laughs> Speaking of the NFL, uh, we got the draft coming up, and uh, um, I'm hoping we can do a podcast before before that starts on Thursday. Um, but I got some questions for you guys about about the draft. Um and uh, let's let's run through them. What do you guys think? You re- ready for some draft questions? Yes. All right. I'm ready for the draft. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Anything some sports related, sports please. Yes. <laughs> I'll take W. Well, I, I usually I usually look forward to the to the NFL draft every year anyway, and we we usually do our uh, our little a little uh, pool uh, informal pool among friends about who's going to draft what position and everything. I, I've got to put that together this week and email it out. We'll do it remotely. Nice. All right, guys. Uh, so let's go through it here. I mean, God, it's been bad, guys. I was reading an article on the Athletic about WNBA draft. Like, I'm looking for something, anything to go. Oh, Sabrina went top number one. I know. Hell yeah. <laughs> that was cool. That was the Oregon. Congrats. That's the Oregon lady, right? Yeah, and her yeah. Uh, her buddy went number two. All right, guys. Uh, back to the NFL for a second. Um, do you guys? Trust this Seahawk running back core. Is it time to draft a backup running back? Let's select start. Um, I don't see an issue of, of getting a backup running back, and I would wait till unless some stud actually drops to us. You know, it, I, I'm guessing we're going to trade back into the second round, out of the first round. If we if there's someone there like a whatever pick we have in the second round, I, I would wait till rounds, you know, like four or five. There's, there's a good backup running back out there for us, but I wouldn't make it a priority. Um, I would, I, I would make it a priority, but I wouldn't make it our first priority. I think our first priority, we need another wide out. Um, if we're not going to get a defensive end or a dresser or whatever. Um, but, uh, we, I think wide receiver, another wide receiver would be great. And I think adding some depth obviously would be smart. There are some guys where if like, a, if, if they fall to like our number, our second round pick, like for example, Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin, for some reason, he's like the fifth ranked running back or something crazy like that. And he's like the best running back to come out of college in like 10 years. Um, 
So, you know, if he were to fall to, if he was still available at our second, our second round pick, pick him, period. Um, but I don't think it's our most immediate, immediate need. Right and to add to, sorry to add to that, I, I know you said running back, but what about a fullback? Would you be interested in getting a fullback if there was a top-rated one around, you know, fourth or fifth round? Just um, a thought, just something I've been thinking about. I saw an article about suggesting that the other day too uh, about the Seahawks taking a fullback, and I forget which one oh, was the one from Nevada, right? Nevada, that is correct. Um, I'm blanking on his name at the moment. Oh, um, Kent, Kelton, Kelton Moore was his name. The yeah, one that's who, right. I mean, there's some good bruiser backs out there. Why not go back to that? Use the fullback a little bit more. Do you see that happening with the Seahawks or no? No, not really. I mean, I just look We've at. We've never really used them. Yeah, I just we've always at, had one. But yeah, I just look at the way that Pete Carroll and Snyder operate this team. Uh, one of the best, one of the best fullbacks in team history, Michael Robinson. They kind of just let him go and never really replaced him. So I don't see them. I don't see them acting out of their nature. Maybe, yeah, they don't really use the position as it's designed anyway. Yeah, it's it's just not a. It's just not a desire of them of theirs. Now, am I saying that would be a bad move, Brian? No, I think it'd be a great move. If I if I were putting together a team, I would have a fullback. I don't know why teams don't have fullbacks. I mean, I look for throughout the '90s, you had guys like uh, Larry Sanders, and you had guys like John L. Williams, and they were the perfect guys because they could run block, they could pass block, they could catch, and you know they could do they could do everything. And I don't know why those do all do all running backs uh, or fullbacks. I'm sorry, don't exist anymore. Because how awesome would that be? Do you guys remember? Uh, do you guys remember the San Francisco 49ers of the early '90s, late '80s? They had a guy named Tom Rathman. And they had Roger Craig, and Tom yeah. Rathman, who is their current running back coach. And uh, uh, here, here, you run into this situation where it's like I, I don't know who to defend. I don't know. There, there, there's, you know, if 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 I try to key on those two running backs, okay, you're gonna throw to Jerry Rice and, uh, you know, Brett Jones and. Uh, uh, John Taylor, but you know, if I then cover the receivers, well, Roger Craig and Tom Rathman, they could both run block, pass block, and catch. You know, not both, but they oh, could yeah. do all three and and more. And it's like uh, you, you don't have that kind of utility with players anymore. Rather, you have specialists, and that's how they treat that's how they treat the fullback position. They treat it as a specialist position, um, not unlike a gunner on special teams or a long snapper. Will they have a fullback? Yes, they'll have one. Will they draft one? Nah, they'll get a free agent to do that role. So, so are you saying that Mike Alstott is going to be the last great fullback in the NFL? That they were just moving away from him and we'll never really use him again? I am not saying that because he was not a fullback. Uh, yeah, he was. He was not. Yeah, he was. He was not. If you take a look, in your opinion, you mean why? In your, your opinion, opinion, he wasn't, but he lined up at fullback. No, and that's he what didn't. He How many eye formations did you see him in the tailback position? You bet. You look. You look at it. It was about sixty percent of the time. I've seen the numbers on this guy. Do not. I will fight you about this. He was, <laughs> he lined up at a tailback position more often than he lined up at the fullback position. Now, could he have played fullback? Yes, yes, he, he could have. He was a fullback. He was not a fullback. You go back and you watch the tapes, young man. You don't know what you, you're talking about. You go and back and look at his positional listing, and everyone will tell you he was a fullback. Positional Lock listing. Hang on. Positional listing versus actual game play. He played in the tailback position in the I formation. 
Don't don't so look at don't look so, at his roster so position. Wait. Don't look at his roster so position. Look so at what saying, the game tape says. You're saying Jimmy Graham isn't really a tight end? Um, Jimmy Graham is not a tight end. He is not a tight end. He never he never was a tight end. The guy can't block. The guy doesn't want to block. And he he was a worthless bum on this team. And I and man, oh man, you're taking me away from the you're, you're triggering me to get me off the uh, all star argument, which you're wrong about. Uh, but you know, I agree with you. Jimmy Graham was not a tight end and that was his, that was his argument, right? He wanted to get paid wide receiver money, but they wouldn't do it. They, yeah. You lost that appeal. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. I mean, you take a look at, uh, Jadavion Clowney, that, that situation we're running into Jadavion Clowney is, is, is not a, is not a linebacker. He's a defensive lineman, but every three, four team wants to pay, wants to pay him, you know, out of position. Basically they want to pay him as a weak side linebacker, which doesn't make as much money as an edge rusher. Yeah. So that's it, it, a strange thing that happens in football, but you know, um, yeah, I mean, you could argue that Roger Craig in that 49ers, uh, 49ers offense, uh, our friend, Rich Michelson, uh, he, he argues this all the time. Roger Craig was never really a, a run a tailback, you know, classic tailback either, because the West Coast offense doesn't use doesn't use that classic tailback. Rather, uh, he was he was a screen back. He 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 caught passes more often than he ran. It seemed like. Yeah, yeah, he was the first running back to receive for a thousand yards and run for a thousand yards in a season. Uh, he was he was definitely a predecessor to a lot of the uh, later running backs that you saw, you know, uh, as the West Coast offense permeated. But yeah. I, I don't know, like, um, I, just getting back on the topic because you guys just aggravate, <laughs> Pull back. aggravate me so much. Yes, the Seahawks need a running back. <laughs> that okay, was the original you, question here. <laughs> all right, so I don't. Trust. But you mentioned okay. Oh, sorry, you mentioned just, Clowney. Hang, hang on, can I uh, hold that thought? I just wanted to finish okay. off my. I just wanted to finish off my rant here. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> Penny is injured, and if the season starts on time, will not be available until halfway through the season. I don't see Chris Carson getting a second contract, at least for big money, that, in my opinion, he probably deserves. Um, but I don't see them paying paying him $10 million to stick around. I, I see them telling him, uh, go find I go find another I'd agree. He's, he's, he's a little too injury-prone for my taste in terms of you, you don't give $10 million to a running back that misses as much time as he has. True, true. Um, and I don't particularly like Travis Homer. I, I didn't see anything out of him that made me say that guy's any good. Um, I mean, he's a guy. He isn't terrible, but I didn't see him run anybody over, and I didn't see him run away from anybody. So, I Well, think- he, you also have to remember he was a third stringer. He didn't get any reps with the, you know, in practice. He was basically a practice squad guy pretty he, much. He had two full games, and I saw what I needed to see. There's there's a reason there's a reason why he was number three on the death chart pretty much. There's a reason, yeah. There there's a reason why he was actually he was number four because remember C.J. Procise was ahead of him. Oh, that's right, four. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, so there's there's a reason he was that far down. Yep. And and so he gave us the quality of a someone in that position. Not yep. not to knock him in any way. He you know he's just not a he's not a starter. He's not a number one guy. Yeah. I uh, so I say draft a guy. Uh, what were you saying about Clowney though? I was going to say, since we were talking about, you mentioned Clowney, do you think we, uh, we, 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 uh, we sit around and we continue trying to get him or do we just say, screw it and move on and get a number one, get that, get, spend a number one pick on the, on an edge rusher. Otherwise your next question. Yeah, I, 
I, I don't know. So, like, what do you think? I say move on, but I don't really want to take the. He's another number one pick on a rusher, but I, I is there still a chance at Everson Griffin? I mean, why can't we go? You, you think there's a chance? I mean, I I like to think there is, and he's cheaper than Clowney. Griffin yeah. is still a free agent, so there's always still a chance. Um, until he signs some, with some other team, he's available. Plus, that guy from Jacksonville you guys have been talking about, the young 25-year-old, I can't still can't pronounce his name to this day. Ndikwe. Uh, yeah, that would be – I wouldn't mind dropping our first-round pick and picking him up uh, if that's uh, – Yeah, the, everything I've been reading says that, that if Jacksonville moves him, it'll be a draft day trade. Okay. So uh, – so yeah, so if we do if we do get him, that would be awesome. Um, I don't see a quality number a quality edge rusher dropping to us at number one. I see some projects that are worth our second or third round pick, but I don't see anyone really worth spending a number one on. Yeah, agreed. So I, you know, from an edge rusher standpoint, um, this is a deep deep draft for wide receivers. So we might be able to get a, a top notch wide receiver at, in our number one pick. But knowing the Seahawks, <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second. I got some questions about that. Uh, no, you know what? Let's just get to it right, right off the bat here. Get, uh, let's take a look at the Seahawks first round picks. Now I'm going to go through some names and let's do the good old grade school grading scale. You know, uh, an A plus to an F minus, right, guys? So, and okay. I'm not, and I'm not talking about a Blanchett High School A plus. Um, oh my God, I. Sidebar, guys. I used to think I was an idiot. Well, I am an idiot, but I'm talking. <laughs> I'm talking on a podcast about sports, you know. But anyway, uh, I not an idiot. What? I used to no back at Blanchett High School, a private Catholic high school in Seattle, Washington. To get an A, you had to score a ninety-four. Is that yes, right? 94, 95? And in, no, I think it was ninety-four. And then yeah. my my friend over at uh, Ingram High School, Richard Michelson, it was a ninety to get an A. Yep. Are you kidding me? Are you? <laughs> That's how the rest of the world works. Yeah. Yeah. So my 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 three point average would have been like a three point five at any other school. Yep. Jeez. Ah, <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. Oh uh, yeah. Anyway, talk about your education here. <laughs> let's, let's, this is a sports podcast. Remember. That's right. That's right. I, I I got a lot of things I'm annoyed by. I think it's being. I think it's. <laughs> this isn't your therapy call. This, <laughs> this is, uh... Let's get back to the Seahawks here. Okay. Uh, I want to go through the Seahawks first rounders in the Snyder P. Carroll era, and just get your grades. Okay. Let's uh, let's start off with 2010. Uh, the Seahawks uh, Seahawks actually got a double whammy. They got Russell Kung and Earl Thomas. What do you guys? What do you? What do you guys think about that? I mean, that's a good place to start. How did the Seahawks do in drafting that year? That year, at least at the first round position. A plus. Uh, yeah, A plus. That's a Hall of Famer and a really, really good offensive lineman. Yeah. Now that takes us to 2011, and I, I agree with you guys. That's an A plus home run. <laughs> easy, easy, easy one. Slow pitch. Uh, here we go. 2011. James Carpenter out of uh, D- Alabama. D minus. D minus. D minus. Uh, D minus. That's a little harsh. I'm gonna go with a D. <laughs> All right. He did actually play for us, like for he two did? years, I believe he started. Yeah. Five years. Five. He, he played five years and then four years, something like that. And then went to the Jets and never was anything. Uh, that was a. That was a D. No one ever heard from. Him again. Yeah. No one ever heard from him again. Um, <laughs> which is what happens when you go to the Jets. Um, so. 
that was a D. I agree with you guys. It, he was not supposed to get picked that high. They tried to make him a tackle, I believe, um, even though he hadn't played tackle at Alabama. Weird, weird, yeah. weird draft pick. Speaking of weird draft picks, 2012, the Seahawks got Bruce Irvin. Mm, I want to B minus. Uh, okay, I was gonna say B plus. All right, I'll I'll split the difference with you, and say a C plus. Um, so <laughs> oh, really? Okay, that's not splitting the difference, but okay. And I say B plus. Why do you got a B plus? Uh, Why do you got a B plus screen? Well, well, what he what we drafted him for and the role that he took, he did he excelled in. He just didn't have any use outside that role, and felt he was owed a lot of money, so we said goodbye. Yeah, I don't know. I I gave him a C plus because I think he's kind of average. Um, not not that average is bad, but what would you think, Zolak? Why'd you give him a B minus? I just I it was a solid pick. I thought he put in his time here. He produced. I mean, not the greatest numbers, but he produced decent numbers. So B minus I thought was a fair grade, and he's still in the NFL today. In fact, he's back with us. So. I guess that is true. Maybe, maybe I should go C plus plus or B minus minus on mine. I was a little harsh on him, uh, and he's back. Okay. With the- he he won't hold it. He won't hold it against <laughs> you. I promise. <laughs> I don't know. The guy did have a grudge against his West Virginia coaches. Do you guys remember that when he got drafted? He said he never got taught anything. I, how to play football. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go to the next year. Let's go to 2013. We traded that pick. And Minnesota took Xavier Woods, cornerback. What did we trade? That's what I'm trying to remember. Was that the deal that got us Percy Harvin? I think you're right. I think you're right about that because I remember we had uh, Kristen Michael. deal with Minnesota. Yeah, we had Kristen Michael was our, was our first pick with the second round. That year. Yeah, I think that's the year we traded. I think we traded our first round pick for Percy Harvin. I think that's what it was. Yeah. In which case, C. Yeah, I'll say C plus just to be different. I mean, that's not really different. But... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, that was a. That, Xavier Woods had a couple good years. Um, I don't think we would have taken him, though. Well, maybe we would have because. Would we have Byron Maxwell at that point? Maybe we could have used another. Mister, Mister, uh, my favorite, my favorite Maxwell moment, by the way, without a doubt. Me and Abe are watching the playoff game against the Redskins, and we're at a Redskins fan's home. And Abe turns to me and goes, "Man, Maxwell's got to do something. He's got to get in that guy's face more." And literally on the next play, they show <laughs> Maxwell literally body slamming the wide receiver at the scrimmage <laughs> <of the ribbon laughs> and not getting a flag. <laughs> That's awesome. It was like, That's awesome. okay, he is doing something. All right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> in, 20, sure that in 2014, actually, you know what? 2014 might have been the Percy Harvin trade. No, 2014 wasn't because we just traded back only like five spots. Right, but we traded. We had the last pick of the of the draft, and we traded to like the third pick on the second day. We didn't uh, really move down okay. like five spots. In 2014, uh, you're right. You're right about that. 20 2014 was uh, the trade to Minnesota. Uh, uh, they got Teddy Bridgewater with that pick. Yeah. Could we have used Teddy Bridgewater? Oh no. heck, no. 
Yeah. I, I, I give that year, uh, I give that year like a solid B. I mean, Bridgewater would have just sat behind, uh, Russell Wilson. And I, uh, I don't remember there being a lot of good players in that 2014 draft regardless. So, so we used, we turned Teddy Bridgewater into Paul Richardson, didn't we? And a fourth round pick, uh, Kevin Norwood or Cassius Marsh or Kevin Pierre Lewis, one of those. Okay, so that was, I'm gonna drop that then. One oh eight, Cassius Marsh. So we turned it into we turned it into Paul Richardson and Cassius Marsh. Okay, I'm gonna drop that to a C plus then. What do you guys think? And we we also got I know I don't know if it affected the trade or not, but we got Justin Britt in that draft too. Uh, yeah, that was not that wasn't connected at all. I'll copy that. I still, I'd say I'd give that maybe a C minus draft. Um, we traded back in the attempt to get depth, but we didn't really capitalize on with Marsh and Paul Richardson. So, uh, D plus, C minus. Right on. And then for the third year in a row, we didn't have a first round pick. <laughs> um, and uh, we, oh, was that was that was that what was that for? Washington ended up drafting uh, Ari uh, Kununjo, and I don't, I don't know if you guys recognize Ooh. that name. Well, no. if you watched the New York Guardians last this last XFL season, you would have seen him on the offensive line. Ah, that's how good he is. All right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I believe the 2015 first round pick went to Saint, uh, New Orleans, uh, and that was a part of that uh, Jimmy Graham. Oh, the Jimmy Graham. The Jimmy Graham debacle where on this show, uh, Rich Michelson had to apologize to you, Matt Page. <laughs> yep. Because he said that was a great trade, sending away Max Unger in a first-round pick. Yeah, on our on our site, on our site, sorry, on our site, our site, uh, Seattle Sports Union, way, way, way back when, the very, very beginning, like pretty much around, right around when we started the site, to be honest, uh, we wrote a, a point-and-counterpoint articles, and um, I was very against the trade. Uh, because you don't trade an all-pro center like Max Unger when you had a young quarterback. Uh, and uh, that's what we did. And Jimmy Graham, we never really used him properly. Or he never lived up to what, what role he wanted for him. And, uh, yeah, that was, that, was, that was not a good trade. I give that an F+. Plus. And that, yeah, that was, that was the Jimmy Graham trade that we, uh, we lost. That. I just confirmed that, yeah. The only reason why I give that an F+, plus and not an F+, or F minus is because I was one of those that thought, Oh, this might work. But then again, I thought they would use them. Right. So yeah. What would you yeah. guys think about that trade? Matt, we already know what you think about it. What do you think about it? So like, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> at the time I, I'll admit I was happy for it, but it, it turned out right. It turned out to be a pretty much a POS trade, but, with that said, I know we're talking about the draft picks that year, but and I don't know if this is, it affects the trade or not, but sometimes when we trade out of the first round, teams change their strategies. And long story short, we did get Frank Clark and Tyler Lockett in that draft. So I know, but we're grading on the trade and all. But no, you can I, I would still, you can use those influencers definitely. I would go with the, I would go with a C just because we got two studs out of that draft. We may not have gotten both had we not done that deal. You never know. All right, 2016, we picked up Jermaine Fetty. Texas A&M, I Mr. believe. Mr. Penalty. 
the leading the leader the leader in penalties in the NFL for the past like seven years in a row or whatever. Yeah, uh, I'd have to. Unfortunately, I'd have to give this pick like I'd have to give this pick like a B minus because of the number. I mean, he's he's been there, he's played, um, and and in the last the last, the final year he played for us when he had a real coach, he showed us what he could do, and he and the, and the penalties dropped significantly. Um, he just didn't have a real coach for a long time. Uh, a coach that, a coach that I know. I know Abraham uh, didn't didn't care for the old coach. Tom um, Cable, yes, I'm yeah. Glad he's nowhere near this team anymore. <clears throat> um, but I'm saying, uh, you know, he showed us in his last year that that uh, what he was capable of. Um, B minus because he played. How many? I mean, he played every game basically for us. He was there, and he, we used him, and he was a regular. So. You get a regular uh, uh, who shows up and plays every game for your offensive line. That's at least a B minus. What, what do you got for him, Solak? What's your grade? I'll say C minus, and I'm. I think I'm being generous. I know he did. He's a regular and he played, but to me, he was the Bobby Ayala of Ooh. Seattle Seahawks. Um, he, Bobby Ayala, for those who don't know, but I'm sure a lot of our Seattle Sports Union Nation does know. Remember him from the '90s. He was a closer for the Mariners and. I don't know why he kept they kept playing that guy. I think he had he had something on Lupinella or something, but he was always in every every freaking game. And I wouldn't call him a closer. I'd call him a game continuer. Well, Jermaine Effetti was a game continuer. He was just a piece of the line, and we just didn't have any other talent to insert there. So I guess you can blame it on management for not finding a better player to fill in for him. So C minus is my grade. Well, Rick Berman, That's, Rick Berman called him. We all live in Bobby Ayala submarine. Uh, <laughs> that, I, I, I called him, uh, I called him basically uh, sweet Lou's uh, pet. Lupinella definitely had some sort of affinity for him and didn't make the right business choice and pull on him. Uh, but, no. but that was, that was Lupinella and it got him to, you know, a lot of success. So what are you going to do? Um, yeah. God, the guy hated rookies, didn't he? Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, Jermaine Fetty, um, yeah, I'll give him a C plus, and I give Tom Cable an F minus minus. I, I, that, that guy was worse than Daryl Bevel, and you guys know I don't like Daryl Bevel. Like, uh, yeah, uh, d- putting Jermaine Fetty at uh, he did he did so well at guard, and then they just keep insisting he become a tackle, and he doesn't do well as a tackle. And it just irritates me. Um, anyway, twenty seventeen. Um, we traded away the first round pick. This one I can't remember why we did, um, but in in that play in his in that place Atlanta picked up uh, Takarit uh, McKinley, who is a linebacker, kind of a backup career backup. It looks like he's going to be a career backup. F minus because I don't. I think we moved down and didn't we take whoever's pick in the second round? That's when we got Malik McDowell, and that guy was yeah. a real winner. <laughs> yeah, we traded to we traded down to the Falcons, and then we traded down to the San Francisco, and then we traded down to Jacksonville, and that's when we took Malik McDowell. Wow! It, it was just us moving down to gather more picks, and in that draft we got Posick, who we aren't using really, uh, Shaquille Griffin, which was it's turned out I think is going to turn out pretty great for us. Hill, who is a backup depth in our uh safety tedrick thompson who well we know that um 
This we one, got Chris Carson in round seven. Okay, that's a hit. That's a hit. Okay. Uh, Nazir Jones is gone. Um, and, oh, yeah, David Moore, I guess, in round seven as well. Boy, that's a weird draft. You had uh, Chris Carson and Shaquille Griffin, two, uh, I, I can say stars, right? Two stars. And then just no. Yeah. Then, yeah. then a bunch of nothing. Like, yeah, that's that's a strange one. I, I think I'd have to give that draft a uh, – I'd have to give that like a, a C. I mean, it's nice to get some pieces, but I feel like you need some depth pieces to go along with it. Well, Hill is a, Hill's a depth piece for our safety position. I don't like Hill, though. I don't like Delano Hill. All right. Well, Cedric <laughs> Thompson was our safety for this week, this year. Yeah, well, is, is he, though? You know how that went. <laughs> well, he's not like a team, isn't he? Didn't we not tender him or something? Uh, we might have left him on a tarmac somewhere, yeah. Given him yeah, that Lane Bennett. Kiffin. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, the Lane Kiffin. <laughs> That's just mean. That should only be reserved for people like Lane Kiffin. I don't think Tedrick Thompson is that that terrible of a person. <laughs> what would you would you give that guy? Would you guys grade that? Uh. Um, yeah, I mean, we traded down to get depth. And, and, and expand the number of picks that we had. And I I, I I always appreciate that and understand that move. But we didn't really get a lot for it. I mean, Chris Carson's a nice find, but it, you know he was a seventh-round last pick by us, and he wasn't really – I doubt we expected him to be as good as he was. Uh, so I'll give it I'll give it a C-. minus. Hart was in the right place. Solar? I guess when you talk about depth, how we get from the entire draft, I'll move it. I'll change it to a D minus grade from an F minus, just because we got Chris Carson. But I'm very, I hate that guy McDowell. He he ruined it. He ruined that year for me. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 All right, cool. Yeah, uh, no, that's understood. Let's move. Let's move uh, a little bit closer to the heart here. 2018, we drafted out of San Diego State, Rashad Penny in the first round. What do you grade? I'll that go on? first on the. I'll go first <laughs> on this one because I know Matt has his soapbox here on Penny, but okay. I Penny started. I know he took a little while to get going, but he started coming around last season before he got hurt, and I thought we were going to see the real Penny when he when he went down. And with that said, I'm still a fan of him. I hope he comes back. It's going to be a take time, obviously, but uh, I, I would say it, I'll give it a C plus just because it took time for him to develop. So, but there's a lot of depth in that draft too. So, Yeah, I've got about the same grade. I mean, he's a he's an adequate guy, but uh, not a star. Matt, what do you think? Uh, I want to I first start by saying that I like Rashad Penny. I think he uh, he's a wonderful <laughs> talent, and I enjoy – I loved watching him in, the, in, the, in college. He's, I a, love watching he's, him he's a great today. person. And, uh, yes. yes. <laughs> but but uh, the pick is an F. Uh, it's solid, one hundred percent F. And um, I, I really, you know, every, it dumbfounded everyone on the day, and it it still dumbfounds me today. There's, there, you know, we've done some moves in the past where we're like, oh yeah, well, we're gonna take this guy, and everyone's like, really, who? You know, and it kind of surprised people. Like Bruce Irvin was kind of a out of left field pick. I remember the draft; people were like, whoa. That was a bit of a reach, and then you find out like five or six teams were like, "We're going to draft him next ourselves." But um, with Penny, there was none of that. There still is none of that. I still haven't seen enough on the field to justify a first-round pick, and we don't. We're not 
the run-focused team we were when we had Lynch. So, yeah, I, I, it's a solid F for me. And I think you've got to take a look at it from the perspective of how many other running backs made it in the NFL that year. And there was a good three or four, all of whom were either undrafted free agents or late-round uh, picks. Um, yeah, uh, Juice or Goose or whatever, uh, Sonny Michelle, um, Darius, Darius, yeah, Darius, yeah, um, who else? There was a whole bunch. Oh, I mean, I thought you subscribed to the, uh, they subscribed to the, the, oh, Twitter, Philip Lindsay's facts, Lindsay facts, yeah, (laughs) yes, uh, uh, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, yeah, they were drafted later, um, and he's really great for the Browns. Uh, Royce Freeman was taken in like the fifth round for the uh, Denver Broncos. He's been pretty good as a fifth rounder. I he's, mean, well, he's good as a backup to Philip Lindsay. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a fifth rounder. He's doing he's doing. I mean, the, my point is is you know, there were there were some talents. Yeah, R- Philip Lindsay. I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of depth in that draft, and we reached severely. Yeah, uh, the only first round running back in that draft was Saquon Barkley. That was it. I'm sorry. All right, and let's take a look at uh, let's take a look at last year. L.J. Collier pickup. Oh man! Uh, I uh, <laughs> after after one year, obviously we saw his production. I'll jump in on this one. Uh-huh. Um, as for a first round pick, I give it a D right now. But as for the entire draft, I would probably give it a a B minus, C plus, just because of D.K. Metcalf and Cody Barton and Marquise Blair. Um, you, you so forgot. Talked, you forgot Umadi. Uh, no, I did not forget no, him. We didn't, we didn't <laughs> forget him. <laughs> uh, talk, bring it. What about BBK? He's been a good special teamer. Yeah, true, true. I'll I'll take him. I'll, that's another topic. But, but we're not. Oh, okay. Yeah, but we're not <laughs> looking right, at the full, on, sorry. We're, we're not looking at the full draft though. We're looking at LJ Collier. You know. Um, yeah. Talk talk to me. I mean, if, if we if we do this again next year in April, if we go over the draft. I can give a better grade. I, I still think he's got, I mean, we've got to give him one more year. And if he does like he did last year, then time to kick him to the curb. But I, I, I'm hoping that grade will move up to a C plus. Yeah, but we'll I, see what happens. Yeah. I got a solid D plus for this guy. I, I don't see it when they drafted him. I went to YouTube, look for, look for highlight clips and highlight clips will always show you the best of a person. Right. So I realize it doesn't show you every single play, but even when I've found some highlight videos, it's just like, okay, this guy is average. He doesn't do anything. And throughout the season last year, he wasn't even average because he was never on the field and I didn't see him in on plays. And you know, uh, it, it, we need a defensive lineman. I never, I, I never saw him play. I think he had, I think he had like maybe an average of one or two snaps per game throughout the entire season. What do you think, Matt? Did we lose Matt? I don't know. All right. Matt got so angry that he went ahead and hung up. (laughs) (laughs) That's because I was, I didn't like Amadi. I'm sorry, oh, sorry. Matt. Sorry, I was not. Was he was so angry mute. about the Amadi comment? <laughs> I was so angry about Amadi that I put myself on mute. Yeah. Oh, okay. You <laughs> wouldn't hear me swearing and, and just cursing your name. I thought you were typing uh, up your. Re- I thought you were typing up your resignation letter. <laughs> oh, I'm done. Yeah, it's not. It's over. Dear you guys, we're done. 
Abadi is the greatest player ever. What are you talking about? I quit. Um, I quit. I'm going to go right for the uh, Oregonian. Yeah. So um, I I was, can I, can I give him an incomplete uh, because of the amount of time that he missed last year due to injury? The dude was, dude was, dude was hurt. And like, three quarters of the year um actually supposedly he played in 11 games yeah right now (laughs) he averaged about two snaps per game yeah i don't remember him no i'm sorry never mind yeah 11 games yeah i don't i don't remember him being in 11 games okay never mind then i'm gonna give him a d he wasn't he was injured though i mean that is true if you're in 11 games then you're well enough to be playing so (laughs) how come you didn't produce in those 11 games i never saw him on field (laughs) at all um you know, I mean, I'm I'm looking I'm looking at the draft and I'm looking trying to find the next defensive you know end or whatever that was drafted who was decent, but I'm not finding anything. And I have to, I have to say, yeah, I, I was with you, Abe, uh, when we drafted him. I was like, who is this guy? And I went to YouTube and I looked at the you know the the recaps and and everything. And yeah, what I was seeing was this is like a third round player or like a fourth round player. Like, yeah, okay, this this might be a good depth pick, but a first rounder. I don't know what they saw in him. And there was a lot of everyone else, you know, out there going, what did they see in him? And we could have, I mean, you know, we could have had Blair. We could have had Metcalf at that pick. It's amazing that Metcalf dropped all the way to what he did. Um, uh, but, you know, I mean, there was some really good prospects still on the board uh, at that time. And, you know, Debo Samuel went later. I mean, we could have gotten him. We could have gotten Samuel and uh DK. I mean, that would have been amazing, but uh, no. Been, it, yeah, that would have been really cool. <laughs> that would have been nuts. But uh, so yeah, so I give him a D because when he did play, no one saw him, and then he didn't play. And for a first rounder, I understand there's an adjustment period. You know, you got to learn the NFL level and everything, and your first year might not be perfect. But if you're a first rounder, the standards are higher and I didn't see it. I just didn't see it at all. I, there's still room. To, there's still room to grow. There's still time, and I'm not ready to give up on him yet. Obviously, but because I just haven't seen him enough to judge him. All right, guys. But so, he better pick it up this year. All right, guys. So for this year, for this Thursday, if yeah. this if the Seahawks don't don't trade the first round pick, well, forget that. Forget that. The first pick, regardless of whether it's first round or second round, you know, wherever they end up picking. Give me two positions, specific positions, by the way. So not just offensive line, but like center or, you know, left tackle or something like that. Um, give me two specific positions that you would be happy if the Seahawks draft at that position. Like you would just be like, thank you for making the right choice, guys. Solar? Two, two positions on the field that I'd be happy if we drafted. Yeah, so if the Seahawks, like, if – with if our you, first pick, with regardless our first of pick, when it happens. Regardless of when the first pick happens, yeah. Okay. Um, I would have to say an edge rusher. Okay. Or a wide receiver. Right on. So what? I would go oh, edge rusher. If we keep the, if we keep our first round pick, though, I'd go either edge rusher or best athlete available that drops to them and uh, because uh, no, uh, you can't choose best athlete because that ruins my next question. Okay, fair enough. Let me rephrase that. Then <laughs> it breaks the Ed, it breaks Ed, the show. <laughs> Edge rusher, or I, uh, 
I'm going to have to copy Matthew Page on this one. Goes wide out for second choice. Yeah, I'd like to see, and I, I, I guess I'm just echoing you guys as far as Ed Rusher, uh, but I'd also like to get a center because I think uh, my heart of hearts tells me that Justin Britt will get cut this season. So I'd like to see a replacement for him. He's, he's, yeah, he's likely to, but here, here's the thing. The reason why I didn't say center, and I really want a center too. The reason why I didn't say center is because Nick Harris or Lloyd Cushenberry or, um, let's see, Throckmorton, not Throckmorton, um, uh, Hanson. I might think it's Throckmorton. Hanson from, from Oregon. Uh, those are my three top centers that I, that I have on the list that I like, and they're all projected maybe like early second round to third round, maybe. So like as a number one to first round, you don't need to, you don't really need to drop the center. I, it would still make me happy. Okay. Let's go to the next question. It would make me very happy too. <laughs> I would not, I would not be unhappy if they drafted the center with their first overall pick. I would what? be like, okay, good. That's an investment. Well, that, and I think I tell you guys this every, every freaking time we do this. It, if I had a first, if I was a GM, I would never draft anything but defensive and offensive linemen in the first round, just because you need the depth and you need, you need the quality. And you know, it's, it, it, it's one of the, it's one of those things where I feel like offensive linemen in this league, people just kind of say, yeah, we can draft those later. We'll just get guys later. Worry about it later. You know, and I think like, eh, maybe you should worry about it now in the first round. Uh, because like, you know, since nobody else is picking up offensive linemen, why not be the one team that gets all the top offensive linemen, you know? I disagree. I agree, but I disagree because I think you can get plenty of solid offensive linemen you can develop for your depth in the second, third, fourth rounds. It's been proven over the years. No, I don't have names to back up my fat, my statement right now. <laughs> uh, but I think the quality of the coaching staff, especially on our team right now, we're capable of developing. I, I, then again, I'm contradicting myself because I could hear people complaining about the Fetty and this and that and why is Russell getting sacked so much. But there's plenty of – unless you have a – there's a stud in the top 15 to where you're – I would not take an offensive lineman in the first round. I just think it's a wasted pick. Well, wild and substantiated yeah. claims make you no worse than Stephen wow. A. Smith or Skip Bayless. So don't, don't, don't be too hard on yourself there. <laughs> you, you, know, you know why Russell's getting sacked so much? It's because the play, the play calling is crap. Because we have a we have a barely average uh, offensive coordinator, and so the plays are broken almost immediately. And he has to improv and run around like he likes to do. And he's an amazing playmaker, but it's really annoying. To me, at least. There's also and there's so also a there's only so much they can do to protect them when running around like that. And I agree with you there, but there's also a second aspect of it too. Running quarterbacks get sacked more often because they're trying to make yeah. plays that a typical dropback passer would probably throw it into the third row. You know, uh, a typical dropback passer would would you know throw the ball away before he gets throw, touched. Throw it away. Yeah, he would he would get to his fourth read and go, okay, where well, there's no one available and they're closing in, I'll throw it away. Yeah. All right. So, uh, and, and, and yeah, so a regular, so an offensive lineman in that situation would, would look better and they would be able to protect him more because he'd be staying put. It's easier to defend a stationary quarterback. So I looked at, so I just looked it up. Mike Allstott, by the way, for our little argument earlier. Oh. Um, it's about 50 50 
um, as to where he lined up as both a fullback and a And uh, go ask the man himself or any Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan. Well, this hang on. Okay. Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans. So the so the one fan base that would be very, very uh, dispassionate and lo- logical about it, huh? Is that who I'm going to go ask? A group that has no stake in this <laughs> argument whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, no, not going to ask them. And and Mike Allstott, of course, he wants to be called the greatest fullback ever because otherwise he's just an average running back. That's 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 what the what the case is here. It's kind of like the whole thing about it's a whole thing about uh, um, why didn't they move why didn't they move Jeter to third base? Well, Jeter wanted to be a shortstop because that's that's cooler. That's more awesome than being a third. Yeah, baseman. so they moved the superior shortstop to third base for him. But okay, yeah. yeah. So okay. it's a whole argument about I have positions with that. <laughs> it, well, I mean, if you look at it from a Hall of, Hall of Fame perspective, though, uh, if you put, if you take away the championships, which I know you can't do when you're doing Hall of Fame voting, but if you take a look at Jeter's numbers, defensively, he's the worst Hall of Fame shortstop in history. <laughs> so, oh, he's, he's terrible. He was a, and, and when they when they moved a Rod over, Jeter had been terrible for years at that point. He wasn't like he was just starting to get bad. It was he had been terrible for years. Let's move the brand new shortstop that we brought in. Who I, you can say what you want about A. Rod as a person, and I have my problems with and him his, as a person. But and as his a roid, glove, and his roids. <laughs> well, as a glove, he was far superior. Yeah. And you put the put you put him at short, and you move Jeter over, and you tell Jeter to shut up and do it for the team. And he was supposedly a team player, right? He was a team captain. He should have done it. Nope. Well, anyway. now. Now, back to back, we should go back to the NFL because that's what we're talking about. Uh, remember? Oh, that's right, that's right. I was just going to say, like, if you also move Jeter to, uh, say, first base, does he have the offensive that's, numbers that a first baseman uh, that would make no. a first? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the whole thing about positions gets really, really confusing. But let's go back to football because I had the second question, which which Solak almost ruined for me. <laughs> if <Uh-oh>. if <laughs> the Seahawks draft this position, position blank, you fill in the blank. Uh, which position would make you angry? And I'm not talking about punter or kicker. I'm talking about a real position. Well, technically, punters and kickers are real positions. I just said I'm not talking about those. And last year or the year before, so like, so like, you kick it off. Punter, it you could make me angry. You kick this one off. Is this? Are you talking in general? Or are you talking about with their first pick? Yeah, with their first pick, regardless of where it is. I uh, if if they draft an offensive lineman with their first pick, I'll be angry. I, I, really. Really, I think we got a plenty of depth on our team, and um, we're we're going for another Super Bowl run right now. And we're look at there's 15, 16 offensive linemen that they got signed on their squad right now that could play on ninety percent of the NFL's team pro football teams right now. In my opinion, we don't need another offensive lineman. You want to waste a pick and try to develop one six fifth sixth round? Sure, go for it. They don't need an offensive lineman to draft in the first round. Um, I, uh, Nick, Nick Harris, is it, that, that's that guy's name, right, from UW. I'm, I love yeah. that guy, and I know I'm copying you guys what you said, but <laughs> he's my favorite center come out of this draft, and that's the only guy I, I would be happy with if, if we took with the offensive lineman in the first pick. Otherwise, unacceptable. He's probably going to go in the second round from what I've been reading. Oh, I we was trade really, out. I was really hoping so Solak would say uh, Nick Harris or whatever you call him. Uh, that, that, yeah, that's, I, I, you're right I, there. Honestly, you're I, right there. I, I was almost going to say that. You got, <laughs> I caught myself. 
<laughs> Matt, what position if they drafted would you be? Would you raise an eyebrow? Raise an eyebrow, or get irritated, or get irritated. Um, I mean, there's the obvious, like quarterback. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, throw quarterback and kickers in sync. Really? Back. Yeah. If they, okay. they were to draft a first round running back again. I would be very upset. I think we we don't use the position enough. I know we need we need we need a running back. I I will. I'm fully on board with that. I'm fully on board with drafting one. Uh, but I, he, it should come in the the third, fourth, or later rounds, and and it should be you know it should not be the the cornerstone of our draft. We need too many other positions. I'm the exact opposite from my colleague, the Soul Man, and I I would be actually very happy if we drafted a for uh, an offensive lineman first overall. Um, or a defensive lineman of some kind. I was thinking about maybe naming a defensive back, but we really wouldn't hurt us to draft a defensive back if a top one dropped to us. So that wouldn't really upset me. Um, yeah, I, I was going to. Yeah, I was. For now. Yeah, I was going to. I was going to say linebacker would make me really angry. Not. I'm not talking about like an edge rusher. I'm talking about like uh, a middle linebacker. Yeah, linebacker. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, but now I think about it. Running back would probably aggravate me. Because there are so many good running backs you can get this year that are going to drop to like the fifth and sixth round, and I think that's where you grab one. If yeah, and not if, but I think they should go ahead and grab one. Great. All right, guys. Uh, let's let's go ahead and take a look. Uh, we'll switch gears here. Let's switch gears here, and take a look at uh, the draft as a whole. It's going to be on the internet this year. It's not going to be us at a pub watching it's not going to be in las vegas where there'll be 500 million people you know gathered in the streets cheering and hooping and hollering and a partying does the draft being on the internet this year does that take away from the fun Uh, I'll go. I'll go first here because uh, it, it is a lot of fun to me. I look forward to it every year, meeting up at the at the bar and, and you know doing our little pool and and uh, winning my twenty bucks or bottle no caps. money at all bottle, because bottle that would be wrong. That'd be illegal. Uh, it would be illegal. Um, and uh, winning winning my my bragging rights and my beers from my buddies. Uh, you know, it's it's good fun. We just project, you know, the positions. I like. I, I think it's kind of fun and interesting. It's kind of fun to see who drafts down and who drafts up and, and trades up. I mean, and and everything. Um, doing it at home by ourselves, all socially isolated as we should be, distanced. Um, it will be a little less fun, but it'll still be kind of interesting to see what happens with the teams and what what happens. What do you think, Solak? So I, I guess I'm a little confused. It's on the. They're not going to even show it on ESPN. I mean, I know why oh, we're no, they're showed on, staying they're, home to watch. They're showed it. on TV, but I mean, like all the uh, all the people and all the GMs and and all of us, we have to stay at home and watch it. Um, yeah, we're not sure okay. what the coverage will actually look like, but they will be covering. You know, so and so's on the clock, and they draft so and so, and yeah. then they'll. You but the know, but the GM the GM's picks will all be on the internet. They won't be, you know, in person that kind of stuff. I, I think it's going to be kind of fun and, and different this year. And, and I think obviously viewership's going to be through the, through the roof. And um, I was actually wanted to ask you guys' opinion on that part too, because it, being that it is going to be on ESPN, do you see it being one of the top rated shows, you know, in, in history, just because of what's going on and people need their sports? I mean, there's nothing else at all, literally at all. <laughs> exactly. I mean, do you think you can break some records? I think, so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. 
very likely. I think you're right. Uh, no, nothing, absolutely nothing going on. Yeah, I, sure. I think it'll be better this year than it ever will, just because of what you're saying, Zolak. I think there'll be more eyes on it. I think a lot of people, when they watch the draft uh, in years past, they kind of were just doing other stuff and maybe had it in the in the background or went went to a bar. Uh, I know we've had to argue to to turn the volume up, you know, at the bar for the draft. And oh, people yeah. are like, that's not even, <laughs> that's not even sports. What are you doing? It's all right. Anyway, um, I think the I think will be more popular than ever. And I think we'll also get away from that stupid, just aggravating ESPN draw, you know, dragging things out for it's, you're supposed to get 10 minutes, right? But they'll drag out this draft yeah, yeah. for 15 minutes. Cause they got to, they got to throw in advertisement and, some build up and somebody's got to go hug the commissioner and kiss a baby. It's just, oh, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll miss all the whole, all the bear hugs and everything, which is nice not to see. We don't have to see that. Look, ESPN, ESPN, just draft, just say who got drafted, get your talking heads like Trent Dilfer to say whether it's a good pick or a bad pick and move show on to the next clip. guy. Yeah. Show a clip. Yeah. Show some highlights and then move on. <laughs> God, I don't need to see. I don't need to see somebody's mother crying and then, you know, all, all the guys, best friends are, are hugging and they're high fiving and, and they're, yeah, they're on Skype at their house and everyone's cheering. <laughs> and he's sitting there in the corner, like covering his ear, trying to talk on the phone. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to see that. Yeah, I don't care. Now this year, you know, the, half the fun's going to be like catching these people who aren't social distancing and mocking them relentlessly. You know, ah, that guy had his family at his house. You know, I'm going to, tweet this that that's gonna be a lot of fun i think <laughs> all right maybe i'm maybe i'm doing the draft a little bit different than you two um but uh yeah no uh it, it should be good it should be good hey guys let's take a look at college football here if we could a couple questions for you um i saw that i, I saw that the quarterbacks as they do every year just keep inching up in the draft a little bit and you take a look at you take a look at guys that uh that are not first rounders starting to move into the first round like Jacob Eason, Jordan Love, you know, these type of guys. Yeah. What do you what do you guys what do you guys foresee? Who, gonna, give me an who's over. Who's gonna be the Blaine Gabbard? Yeah, give me an over give me two things. Over under on quarterbacks selected in the first round and then um uh maybe maybe a you know, maybe tell me where, if any, anybody's going to be desperate and pick way too high. Uh, my, I guess my opinion, I haven't been, I haven't really focused on the quarterbacks. I didn't know who's in the draft. I would say, well, here, over let, under, me, let me give you the, let me give you the top ones that, uh, that I had on my list here. And then you can kind of just go from there. So, uh, Okay. So you got uh, Burroughs out of LSU. You have Tua Tungavaloa out of Alabama. You have uh, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, Jacob Eason. Oh, I'm missing one. Who am I missing, Matt? Jalen Hurt. No, he's not going to go in the first round. Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm. Yep, that's out of Georgia. Out um, of Georgia. Th- those are the ones that those are the ones that have been talked about going in the first round. Uh, for over over under, I guess from with those names, I would say, I would I would stick with four quarterbacks. Who do you see getting? There's desperate. enough talent. Not, not, what was that? Who do you see getting desperate and picking picking up that fourth or third guy? Um, uh, good good call. I'd probably say somebody like 
maybe someone like New England or because they, I mean, they need to build for the future. They, they may move up, you know, out of the trade, trade down and trade up and draft somebody like. Yeah, shocking that East, New England, East. shocking that New England yeah. doesn't have a. I mean, they've got Jason Stidham. Am I saying his name right? Uh, I think he's from Georgia, uh, but we know, we haven't seen much of that guy. No, no, we haven't. You're right. They the have the guy who was in uh, who was who played for the Browns for a long while, uh, Hoyer, as well. Yeah. Okay. Right, <laughs> and they have uh, another USC quarterback, right? Boy, when you say when you say Brian Hoyer, I, I think like you know you could get a sock puppet back there and it'd probably be as effective. Hoyer's um, not bad, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I heard your voice break when you said that, almost as if you're trying to convince yourself Hoyer's not bad. Question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've got someone else um, that they signed uh, USC quarterback. Well, they got Stid- they got Stidham, who's who's supposed to be their first go. No one's really like like uh, Belichick hasn't really come out and said, yeah, he's our guy. No one. They don't really. Yeah, really they're not really propping him up. So good, good call, good call on that, uh, Solak. What do you what do you think, Matt? Who do you? How many quarterbacks are going, yeah, and who's getting desperate? I'll, on their well, one, one more, one more little quick note. On their official website, on their official roster, they only have Stidham, and that's it. But I know they've got <laughs> All right. some other people on their roster. Um, anyway, uh, I I think four is the right number. Um, I think it's going to be Burrow, uh, Tua, Herbert, and I think it's Love is going to be the fourth one. And uh, maybe not necessarily, but probably in that order actually. Um, I think Miami is going to be the one who's going to be desperate, and they're going to move up to the number three pick where the lot where the Lions are, and to grab Tua uh, from Alabama, and uh, and and who knows if that's going to pay off. But I, I think Herbert's going to fall probably till, you know, lower tens. I don't know. I'm trying to remember the NFL draft order. To be honest, who is next on the list that needs? I mean, there's the there's the Chargers. Uh, Herbert's going to the Chargers. There's the down. Chargers. Yeah, he's one of the intriguing names. Matt, he's not. Was, Matt, he's oh. not falling. He's going to the. He's going to the Chargers. The fact yes, that he'll probably go to the Chargers. The fact that the Chargers uh, the, haven't picked up Cam Newton tells me they they don't want they they don't the want team, a retread. They want a rookie. Okay, the team the team that I've I've I have selected for love is the Patriots. I don't I don't see them having to trade up to get him. I think he's going to go late in the first round, and I think he's going to go to the Patriots. Boy, because I think Zolak, didn't you say Eason was going to the Patriots, right? Uh, yes, that's who I would predict. All right, Thursday we'll see which one yeah. of you guys is correct. I'm picking five. I'm picking five quarterbacks. Uh, you know, I got the I got the Burrows to Cincinnati, to Otunga Valoa, to the Dolphins because they're idiots. And that's the kind of thing they would do. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> I got the I got the not the Clippers. God dang it, the Chargers. Um, <laughs> the Chargers will take uh, Justin Herbert, and then here's here's my here's my reach here's here's my reach. Jacksonville picks up Jordan Love. Um, stay back, soul man. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. Let, right. let him talk. Let him talk. But, uh, oh, I, I'm picking that just so it make every Cougar fan angry. Wow! <laughs> wow! All no, right. no, no! I Wait, really who, do. Who did, you, who did you say the Jags were going to take? Jordan Love. <laughs> Ooh! Okay, love. Right. And then I love the idea. I love the idea that uh, that Solak had. Jacob Eason goes to 
the Patriots, and he'd be my fifth. Uh, he'd be the fifth guy. But I, I really, really feel Jacksonville is not 100% all in on Gardner Minshew. The fans are, but I don't feel like the uh, organization is 100% in on him. Let, let me tell you why you're wrong. Uh, you, you're you wrong for various reasons, but the main thing is is that Jaguars are tanking intentionally right now. They're trading off all their best players, and they're, they're rebuilding. Yeah. And what they're doing is they're going to give Minshew this year. And if Minshew succeeds, awesome. Hey, wait, we don't have to invest draft capital anywhere else. Way to go. They're going to try and build it, rebuild a team around him. But if he sucks next year, they'll be in line for one of the very early picks, and they'll go and get the Clemson dude. My counterpoint to that is – Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, my counterpoint to that is you never know if you're going to get that top pick um, because there's other teams well, that are pretty scrubby themselves. Um, yeah, but if, but, but if, you, if you're not getting it, then that means that Minshew was good and then you're fine. Yeah, but here, well, no. Minshew could be good enough to get them four wins, five wins, and you end up not getting the first pick. Um, yeah, but trading from, trading from number four overall up to number two or something like that is not going to be a big a deal, you know? It is a big deal. That's there's a lot of draft capital required in that. Hey, let me get back to my point though. My my point was that they Jordan Love requires a year off. He cannot come to any NFL team and play. He's not that good. Like he's I let me rephrase that. He has that kind of talent, but he doesn't have it upstairs. He needs to be coached properly. So what they do is they take Jordan Love, they let Gardner Minshew get his brains beat out and his mustache knocked off. And uh, in year two, they just go ahead and go Jordan Love, and Minshew becomes uh, a cult hero who's essentially a backup. So uh, we should we should let uh, Solak. Yeah, you know, I, I, I feel the I, I can feel, feel the hatred. I feel like this is how the Unabomber probably got started. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst prediction ever by you, Abe. I'll just, I'll, I'm trying to be nice here and hold back because I know I'm not supposed to swear, but. I made a lot of <laughs> uh, I, I agree with Matt when he's talking about how they are going to tank it and give Minshew some time. But, I mean, the guy had a hell of a year for what people expected. He went 6-6, six and six, 3,200 yards, 21 touchdowns, six interceptions. Come For a crappy team like that, come on. The guy, the guy obviously, the fans loved him, like you said, and he's going to get his – if he if he repeats if he repeats those stats this year, he's going to get a long term contract with the club. See, I'm, and I'm able to. Make, I, go ahead, sorry. Jordan Love, you said that has nothing upstairs, and I don't see anybody developing him being a, a, a upstairs. He's going to be a career backup quarterback. I think he's overrated, but that's just my opinion. But I I'm trying to keep hold back on the negativity I feel towards Mitchell, <laughs> but. So I'm, so I'm just, uh. I don't think you're prepared to deal with this in a logical manner because you're the type, you're the type of guy, you're the type of guy who has a Minshew jersey probably in your closet right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, how, hey, how do oh. you know? <laughs> and I, bet it's, I bet it's bright blue. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm tweeting Minshew to listen to our podcast. Uh huh. Yeah. No, I I I'm with you. I like I like Minshew. I, I he impressed the hell out of me as a Jaguar. Uh, and Love, I agree, does need some more coaching at the next level. I don't know if Jacksonville would be a good fit for him. I think that's why I'm predicting that he'd land, he'd land with the Patriots. I think the Patriots have the coaching to make him I, a star. I think for any quarterback, the Patriots is probably a great place to land. Oh, I, 
I'd love it if, if Herbert landed there, but that's not going to happen. No, no, he's not lasting that long. We, we, Matt, it's already been decided. He's going to the, he's going to the Chargers. Just I know it. he'll be a Charger. Just and that's it. okay. <laughs> I'll get a, I'll get an obnoxious baby blue uh, Charger uh, uh, L.A. Charger um, jersey and, and root for him. You can go with your Mar- you can go with your uh, baby blue uh, Mariota Tennessee Titans jersey, right? Uh, no, it'll go with my bright black uh, Raiders, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, uh, Marcus Mariota jersey. Because he's going to be running that team by game six. <laughs> really? Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, uh-huh. All right. So we've made. So I've made Matt mad. I made Solak angry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We were going to actually talk about college football. Yeah, we were trying to talk about college football, but you guys take things personally when when it comes to your favorite quarterbacks. You guys can say anything you want about Jacob Eason. I'm not going to get angry. Yeah, see? So there. That's because he sucks. He doesn't suck. There's there's nothing really to say anything about him. He's physically more talented than any of the quarterbacks in the draft. He just doesn't have a brain. (laughs) If I only had a brain. Yeah. He's like Cam Newton, all right? Only he's less talented. Cam Newton's incredibly talented, and I'm really surprised nobody nobody wants no, to give Cam Newton a shot. Because he doesn't he has a he has a nickel brain. He has a nickel brain on a body that is now starting to fail him. So the talents are no longer outweighing the fact that he doesn't have a brain. And he's got an ego the size of uh, that paycheck that Auburn gave his dad. Yeah. So that that Auburn yeah that Auburn paid him yeah. And I'm still <laughs> I'm still holding it against him because he was a ringer in that national championship game and denied Oregon a, uh, a title. But anyway. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating when an SEC guy doesn't get uh, doesn't get put on suspension right before the, the big game. Yeah, hmm. It was a little, a little yeah, questionable. Well, it's anyway. his dad that got the money. It's not that he got the no. money. No, what cost us that game was a different play, but I'm not going to go into but it. Reggie, anyway. But Reggie Bush had to give up his Heisman Trophy because his parents got a house. How is this different? You know, I, I would if I was him, I never would have given up the trophy because him getting paid had nothing to do with him earning the trophy or not. Well, he it, didn't it get paid. On, the, his on the field stats. Yeah, his parents got paid. <laughs> so that's, yeah. I mean, so if I was him, I never would have given up the trophy. I'm like, no, I earned this on the field, period. Yeah, true. I agree. I agree. Um, so you're you're going to go to college football. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you guys got all upset when I made fun of your quarterbacks. Um <laughs> I had to, I had to physically restrain over the over the airway. <laughs> you had to uh, hold the so data back from getting in from getting in his car and driving over to your house <laughs> and just beating the shit out of you. That's <laughs> 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 so part of my friend. But he wanted he, he was that angry. That oh, I could feel it. Yeah, he I mean, wasn't saying anything, but I could feel the data packet surging. <laughs> it's like it's like the one player you don't talk. to ill of in his presence and you did <laughs> <laughs> all right so so uh let's take a look at uh college football as a whole their talk one of, one of the big talking points this year or this week i mean was do you play college football without an audience do, do you just go ahead and start the season and just not have any uh fans what do you guys think Um, okay, I'll, I, I so like to jump in real fast, so I'll go. Uh, with college football, is a different dynamic than the NFL. The fans are like seventy percent of the game. 
the school and the play, the, you know, the, the actual students and the, you know, the atmosphere at the stadium and the, you know, the marching band and, and the fight songs and all that. I mean, that's, 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 that's 90% of or, you know, what I say, 60%, sorry, of, of, of college football. And it's, so it's, it's, it's even, it hits below the belt to do that more than the NFL. Like I could see the NFL doing without, without, you know, fans, but college football without fans just kind of feels a little wrong. Yeah, I agree with you. I, uh, I've had mixed feelings about it, but it takes away the home field advantage along with all everything that you just said, Matt, they can't, they can't do that to college football. No, I don't, I don't think that's right. There, I, there is another dynamic to think about though. And that is the financial dynamic. If they don't play. Most most uh, most football teams that aren't you know say like your Alabamas or USC's or whatnot, most of them make most of their revenue off of t- ticket receipts. Well, yeah, and yeah. but I mean, but I'm just talking about like not not just the schools, the whole athletic program. Yep. There are schools that the football program is the only way they can fund the baseball program and the softball program and the you know crew and and basketball and everything else that goes on at their school. The only way their athletic program stays afloat is because their their college football makes all the money. And that's where I'm kind of that's where I'm baffled a little bit about people who who say you know let let let, let sports die let college football die it's no big deal it kind of is a big deal I mean the domino effect that it has is huge isn't it I mean like you said no no college football. You can take a school like uh, you can take a school like let's say Eastern Washington University, and you can just say you might as well shut down all sports. Yeah, no, I mean think about um, um, North Dakota State, right? So they're 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 juggernauts in the FCS world of football. They also have a pretty solid hockey program, and they're in they're they're in the hockey hockey you know NCAA hockey tournament all the time, and they would not have a hockey program anymore because they, they, they make their money with their football program. So that kills the other sports as well. I mean, there's, you know, there's other levels. Unfortunately, f- football and basketball are the two biggest money makers for college sports and they help, and, and they help the schools have these other scholar, other, other teams and scholarships for those other teams. And you take them away. You've already taken away March Madness, and March Madness was going to make these 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 schools lots and lots and lots of money. And so now you have you already have basketball only schools seriously struggling, struggling probably, and with a revenue stream that they didn't bring in. And then you have if you cancel out football too, that's going to almost kill the NCAA unless they get some kind of federal bailout. What do you think, Solak? Just thinking about Gardner mentioned North still? Dakota State. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> I, that's, that's still on my mind. But no, I'm trying to. Not, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about too. Move on. Yes. I'm trying to think of more local. I mean, I was going to bring up Eastern Washington. We already did, but Central Washington too. There's another sure. program. They they live off their college football. They've competed for years, and what are they Division Two? Or I, I yeah. get all that yeah. confused. And. I, I, they got to be somehow these kids got to be con- the university's got to be all compensated and it, it, it's just a dumb idea like uh, what 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 are they i haven't really read it on the internet are they are they going to compensate them if they play in front of no fans or i mean they got to be equal it, i mean 
Well, North, North North Dakota State shouldn't be paid more money than Central Washington to play in front, you know, front of no fans. Yeah, there's no. Uh, I, don't know, I don't think there's a real answer for that. I, I got it wrong, by the way. It's North Dakota that has this uh, hockey. Not North Dakota State. I got it backwards. It's fine, right. fine. But North anyway. Dakota State still has a men's and women's basketball yeah, team. They, they have a program, soccer team that would stuff be like impacted that, yeah. by not having their their main revenue stream. You know, it, it, it's it's a delicate question. It's unfortunate, you know. But uh, I think, yeah, they bring in a lot of their money from uh, from the uh, the gate, you know, gate tickets tickets and all that stuff. But they also get a lot of money from the television rights, and so is it better? I mean, get some from the television rights than none altogether. Not have the program. I mean, they, they, it sucks to not have that atmosphere, you know. But this is this is I've been calling it the lost year. Where this is this is the exception to the rule. It's not going. You know, things aren't going to be like normal. So maybe we just take what we can get, and we have games in front of empty stadiums. Right on. All right, guys, uh, let's go ahead and move on here. Uh, we're getting towards the end of our show, but we're going to do a little segment called Buy, Sell, or Go to Hell. And this is that little game that Matthew Page likes to play with his devious mind, devious Oregon Duck mind, where he <laughs> engages with us a person, place, or thing and asks us whether we want to buy that, whether we want to sell that, or tell that person, place, or thing to go to hell. Over to you, Matt. Okay, bye. So go to hell. Um, I have a few questions for you guys. Um, I wanted to see what your thoughts are on some topics, so we're gonna we're just gonna throw this out there. We'll start with uh, a, a suggestion provided by our very own Soulman Solak. Uh, I want to know what your thoughts are on the Wonderlick and whether it, it actually can really, you know, determine a player's value. Is it really valuable to the crucial to the drafting process and the scouting process? What do you think of it? I I don't understand why that is such a big deal what you're what you just said because you uh, you, you guys get, it's out of fifty I believe it's you get a score out of fifty or there are fifty questions on the test when I'm reading and there your people like Tua Tua Golova blah blah whatever the hell his name is he, he, he scored a thirteen <laughs> so to me it's saying this guy he should be get drafted fifth sixth seventh round because he's an idiot yet people are saying he's going to go in the first round, which I agree he does have first round talent. And then you got, you got idiots like oh, Jordan Love, gets a 27, which is above average. And they're, they're I, I think it's unfair. I think it's, it's biased. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, these guys are athletes. They're drafting him because they're athletes. Um, Lamar Jackson got a 13 on his, on his test. And the guy was NFL MVP last season. Um, Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew, who's someone who's someone who's very down against in this podcast. He got a forty-two or a forty-three, and he had a successful first year. <laughs> um, Jalen uh, Jalen Hurts hasn't been drafted yet, but he's a, he's rated an eighteen. So does that mean he should be drafted low too? I mean, why does Tua get to be drafted above Jalen Hurts? Well. Two is more talented than. Oh, I, I agree, but I just think it's a <laughs> it's a it's a bowl <clears throat> hockey uh-huh. system. Bull crap system, yes. Yeah, I mean, get rid of it. I know it's, they've had it around since for 50, 40, 50 years, from what I read. And I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, granted, he went to Harvard, seventh round pick, but the guy got a forty eight, and he's still in this league. I mean, yeah, who's that guy going to Harvard and thinking he can 
get a 50. He can't get a 50. <laughs> he can only get a 48. Um, sorry, I got to disagree with you, Brian. Now, it, yes, if I if I had to get someone to take my SATs, I would go get Gardner Minshew to take them for me. Um, but I, I think the Wonderlick can give you a red flag at certain positions. Uh, for example, uh, r- running backs typically don't score high on the Wonderlick test, but you don't want them really – no offense, running backs, but we don't want you thinking. You, you you take the ball, see the hole, run to the hole. That's that's all you want. But, I mean, like for quarterbacks, I think I'd get really, really concerned because, you know, if you can't sign your own name and maybe Tua Tungavaloa, part of the problem is he had to spell his own name and maybe that got graded against him. That tripped him up. There, like, there are too many vowels. Yeah, they could have just yeah. totally <laughs> – I mean, there's an N. You pronounce it with an N, but there's no N in his name. What's going on there? Uh, anyway, but I mean, like, if you look at, uh, oh, who are some guys? Like uh, Vince Young, right? Um, who's, that, who's that guy that uh, ended up being wide receiver from Ohio State uh, for Cleveland? Oh, uh, Pryor? Pryor, thank you. Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor. Um, I don't know. If I remember right, like, there were a whole bunch of other quarterbacks that, you know, when they score below – 10 it's it's a huge problem it's just a just a you know it's a there's a pretty good correlation to them sucking in the in the in the pros and you know not doing yeah uh, so what what did malcolm what did mr malcolm dick dowell whatever the hell his name is what did he draft to it or what did he give you know i mean malcolm mcdowell the actor i don't i don't know if malcolm mcdowell the guy who played on the clockwork orange Oh, okay. Whoever, yeah. whoever the Seahawks drafted, Malik right McDowell. Where, where was his red flag? This guy. I think he was uh, the violence off the field. I think falling off. Oh, of, we still drafted him high. I mean, well, I, we I get the other position. <laughs> yeah, that was a guy that uh, I bet you his wonders like scores matches uh, <laughs> matches appropriately with <laughs> Jim. Hall of Famers Jim Kelly, Dan Marino scored a 15. Look where, where they ended up. They're in the Hall of Fame successful careers. I mean, come how many Super I, Bowls? I, 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 how many Super Bowls does guy got? I don't. I, I don't give a shit. Clark got a six. Well, there you go. But I mean, certain positions you don't need them to think. I mean, yeah, just... you don't. You don't need that in a running back. But you want. You want some extended. You want some. Level of competence, intellectual competence demonstrated by your quarterback, who is going to be the field general. To use the old name for the position, he's going to be running your your offense. He's going to be, you know, you want you want somebody to score at least in the 30s or something like, you know, Steve Young, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. They're all in the mid 30s. Andrew Luck's the mid 30s. You want you want those guys at least in the 30s because it shows they have some some level of competent, coherent thinking and and ability to, you know. By the way, just because I buy just because I buy the Wonderlick doesn't mean like it's the only indicator. I mean, they're, they're oh, no, no, the, it's not. the Wonderlick asks questions, and honestly, as a quarterback, I care more. Can he make a 15 yard out pass, and does he know which of the four receivers that he needs to throw to in that scenario? The Wonderlick does not tell you any of that. What it does is it kind of gives you an evaluation of like two trains are heading from Cleveland to, you know, uh, Topeka, you know, and you know. If you take the think, this train, what time will it get in Chicago? It, that's not the kind think, of that's not the kind of thing they have yeah. to think about in a game. I think it's an indicate it could be a potential indicator of long term value, and when it comes to the quarterback position, because when your physical talents, like 
mistake Cam Newton, have now worn away uh, with age and with concussions and, you know, with time and being beaten up just by playing the game. Uh, you know, if, if you don't have the, the, the cognitive, uh, you know, grasp of the game, uh, you're not going to continue to be of value to the team. What's also, uh, what's also not being taken, taken into consideration, Matt, uh, is that you, some of those guys don't even really care about their Wonderlick. Like, they just go in. It's like the offensive lineman who doesn't really run the 40. Well, that's fine. Uh, like, there, there are certain, like you said, there are positions where it doesn't matter. Like a, yeah. like a safety, I don't care if he, you know, if he scores a six. It doesn't matter if he can, if he, if he's got the speed and he can read and he, you know, shows it on the field. Well, then who cares what the Wonderlick says? If you're Dan Marino and if you're Jim Kelly too, you're going to be drafted in the top five regardless of what you get on that on that test as well. So why would you put that much effort into taking this test? I mean, it would seem more important for a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick or you know, uh, you know. Somebody who isn't a first-round pick. I mean, Greg McElroy scored a forty-three for him. Was he a golfer? Exactly. Was he he a was golfer? a quarterback. He was okay. quarterback from Alabama. <laughs> oh well, Alabama. There you go. <laughs> All right. So he I buy. The, I buy. One, he was the one before the one with the hot girlfriend that what's his name Musburger just totally lost it. AJ McCarron. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I, so I buy it, Solak sells it. What's next on the list? <laughs> it, goes right. to, it can go to hell, actually. I changed oh, my oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay, all right. Anyways, okay. move on. Um, Taysom Hill. Now, uh, he seems to think he could be a real quarterback in the league. And he they, they gave him, a, what, a first-round tender at, at uh, New Orleans when they gave uh, uh, Breeze. Was Breeze resigned for one year or two years? I don't remember. But – uh, he seems to think he can take over the team when, when, when Drew decides to hang it up. Do you think that you buy into that? Yes, no? <laughs> I, I, I sell. Where's, where's the laugh track? Where's the laugh track? <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so, no, I, uh, I sell. I mean, he can think that he's going to be the next quarterback of the Saints. Uh, but I also sometimes think that I'm Mario Andretti when I drive my stick shift around town, but I'm not. And he's not, You're a not star- yeah. yeah. And he's not a starter okay. in this league. I don't I agree. I sell. Sorry, go, I'm sorry. Go I, ahead, go ahead. I I sell too. I mean, I I believed I could be the next Steve Garvey when I was growing up, and look where I am now. So, mm-hmm. um, I'll, I'll, the guy the guy is a talented athlete, but he's gonna be if he stays with that team, he's gonna continue to be a uh, whatever they however they use him as a backup quarterback, a wide receiver. Wildcat, I think. Wildcat, yeah. yeah. So that, that's what is going to be his career. So, so like, by the way, just because I, I feel guilty about the Gardner Minshew crack that I had a little, little bit earlier, I resisted the urge to say, you know, when you said you're not the next Steve Garvey, I resisted the urge because I'm a nice guy to say, hell, you're not even the next Steve Harvey. Um, but I didn't say wow. it. So. <laughs> no, but, but Abraham wants you to notice. That I he want did you to know I did that. not say that. Yeah. <laughs> even though he just said it. He wants you to know that he did not say it. That's right, player. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Did you notice that? Yeah, that was real nice. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are they a playoff team now? Oh, good question. With Tom Brady at the helm. Did they sign Gronk, or is that a rumor? I, that's I just a rumor. That's a rumor. Rumor, and it probably won't happen. Um, I, I, I'll buy it. If they are go, if we are truly going to seven teams per league, 
this year for the playoffs, and I do I buy them as a uh, wild card, so I'll, I'll buy into that if they stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, I think he's got enough weapons around him. Yeah, so the I I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, buy as well. Just go off the back of what Solak said. You know, it's a Brady's enough to get you a couple extra wins, and that's all they really needed. However, they were. However, they were quietly the best defensive team last year. One of the best. However, the Saints have probably the best roster in the NFL. So I, you know, it. it I don't see them overtaking the Saints. Okay, well, but but we're just talking about them making the playoffs, so they could make the the wild card as well. Well, under, understood, but you know, you still got Atlanta in that division. I mean, the Panthers are pretty much uh, going to be walk walkovers, but uh, there's still other teams in their division which I don't see them winning two against uh, the Saints, and they probably could split against the Falcons. Um, so it's a wild card. Wild card. Yes or no? I, I buy. So I buy. I, I, I think okay. I, I, agree with, I agree with Solak. They're, they're a wild card You were team. talking yourself out of it there, and then now you're talking yourself back in. Okay. Well, okay. I have to take all the factors into account. All right. And that's all the factors um, I have. Uh Solak kind of answered this for me earlier, but I want to I want to get uh, Abe's thoughts on this. Jacob Easton, name the team he lands with. He's no Steve Garvey. Hell, he ain't even <laughs> he, he ain't even PJ Harvey. Uh, but no, anyway, uh, Jacob Easton is not going to be an NFL quarterback. Uh, he would need the exact right situation. Uh, I think I brought it up last week. Uh, Indian- not what I asked. But yeah, okay. Oh, sorry. What were you saying? What was the question? I said name the team he lands with. Pick a team that's going to draft him. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Uh, Indianapolis Colts. That's the only place he can succeed in this league. He cannot succeed with any other team. Okay. And then third, uh, third, round, third round. Third round. Oh, third round. Oh, wow. Okay. So, like, you thought the Patriots going to reach up and grab him? I do, and I still believe that they will. So. Okay. That's a, uh, that's a reach, and they'll regret it. You are the Detroit Lions GM. If you're not, and your name is not Matt Millen, so you have competency. <laughs> uh, you're, you have the you have the third overall pick. Do you do you pick it, best available, or whatever you whatever you have your eye on? Do you sell it to the highest bidder, desperate for a quarterback, Miami, or or whoever else comes to you? Or here's a wild card: Do you go out and get a quarterback of your own? I I actually think it, they should trade it because he needs a lot of help. And Matt Patricia's, I know he hasn't been there that long, but his job's on the line. But I could see them if they don't get their proper offer to stay there and maybe get someone because Stafford's not going to be there much longer. Maybe they do go after someone like Herbert. If I don't see them taking Tua if they stick with number three, but it, it, there's a small possibility they'll drop if they do stay there. They'll take a quarterback. I was just inventing that, but go on, go on, Abe. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know why everybody wants Stafford out on the first train out of uh, Detroit. Ask any Detroit fan. I know, but I mean, it's like the tone. It's a Tony Romo phenomenon all over again. Th- where are you going to get a better quarterback? I mean, they they just don't fall off of trees. And Cam you know, Newton's available. <laughs> like I said, where are you going to get a better quarterback? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they. They don't just fall out of trees, and I, I don't. I think this is one of the worst quarterback drafts in a while. Uh, I don't think Tua Tagovailoa is going anywhere. I think Burrow's 
had six games and has become a star, but I don't see a full three, two or three years of, of talent. Not like, you're ruining a future question. Just, 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 just what would you do for the Lions? <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry. Keep Stafford, trade your pick, get more picks. Need more so players. You, you would sell to the highest bidder. Sell to the highest bidder. You need more players. Okay. And then, so like you said, you would you'd sell to the highest bidder? Yes. Okay. The pick, the, the question that Abraham was stamping all <laughs> over was uh, of the top five quarterback prospects, and I'm going to name them, uh, I, wh- who do you think will pan out? Who will have an NFL career who do we of buy? success? In other words, who would you buy and, and you actually think will have a successful career in the NFL? Um, so I will start by naming. I'll just name a name and just tell me if yes or no. You think it'll pan out? Um, Joe Burrow. So. No. Uh, Tua. I'm not even going to try to say his last name. Double sell, double sell, double sell. No. Uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, this is tough for me to say it, but yes. Oh, um, okay. Only if he ends up. If, if he lands in the right spot. In the right and, spot. And I think so. the Chargers is the right spot. They they got a good team there. They's freaking need a, a head coach who can stay there for more, more than two years. But. Yeah. They're, the Chargers are the most talented team in the top 15, top 20. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. close to playoffs. The question is, like you said, Solak. I don't know who their quarterback coach or if he's any good. Um, they sure as heck ran off uh, Rivers pretty easily. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't understand that. I figured they'd resign him one more year and then draft Herbert, and then he'd learn for one year, and that that'd be the perfect situation. But anyway, uh, Jordan Love. Nope. I would buy him if he ends up in the right in the right scenario. It's kind of the Justin Herbert thing. I I if you can give him a year on a bench and undo some of the undo some of the stuff that they, you know, the bad habits. I put him in the same category as Herbert. Are you saying the best football school in Utah taught him bad habits? Bad habits? They allowed him to get away with bad habits because he can make um. extraordinary <laughs> plays. It's the Russell Wilson okay. thing. It's the Russell yeah, Wilson thing where, yeah. all right, are we going to try to undo Russell Wilson? We tried that once. No, we tried to make him a pocket quarterback, and he got sacked like a million times. Went back. I just let him do his thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, and then finally, we're going to go with uh, Jalen Hurts. Mm, career backup. Can't wait to see him in the XFL. <laughs> I was going to say, I can't wait to see him as a wide receiver. Because uh, I think he'd be really good as a wide receiver. Um, all right. Uh, now <laughs> we got one last one. Gonna switch over. Switch over. I got two more. Okay. Switching over to MLB real fast. Um, okay. Uh, the, the number one free agent who's still available, Yasiel Pueg. Would you sign him if you had a hole in your outfield? Yeah, I'd buy him. Yeah, I'd buy him too. I don't know what his age is because he's he's from Cuba and nobody has the correct age for any Cuban in the major leagues. That, that, that's a fair point, but we're, we're Dominican. We're Dominican too. Yeah, he reports to be uh, born in 1990, so he's 29 right now, supposedly. <laughs> um, like I'm, I'm remembering El Duque from the uh, from the Yankees, who is actually like 50 or something ridiculous. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, okay, final question. Here we go. Um, you're you're Mike Trout, and you have a guaranteed contract for the 400 or whatever. You know, the, you have a guaranteed contract for X amount of money. Are you willing to accept less wages due to a certain season? Yes. 
I can afford to, and I think he's a, he's a class act to, to, to say yes. He'll be okay, okay with that. Okay, then let me change it. Um, your name is uh, who's a, who's a jerk who would take who wouldn't take less. Daniel money? <laughs> Vogelbach. Your your name is Daniel Vogelbach, and uh, you're you know you don't have a lot of money, and you're really looking forward to these paychecks. Uh, would you be willing to accept less wages for the short season? I was Probably Vogelbach. not, because he's a jerk. <laughs> if I was Vogelbach, I would accept cheeseburgers in payment of, of a paycheck. <laughs> uh, but no, ser- seriously, regardless, <laughs> regardless of regardless of who you are in Major League Baseball, uh, no, I do not take less money uh, unless, the, unless the union came together and figured out a way figured out a way for everybody to uh to everybody be happy because well you bring yeah, up a good I point mean, you bring up a good point the guy the guy who's making yeah. 200,000 uh you take away half his paycheck it's 100,000 you know that's that's not good uh but if you take away if you take away uh Mike Trout's half of his paycheck it's still not good you know that's instead of 30 wow. million it's 15 million that's 15 million in a lost and lost uh, payment, you know. It's so. So, uh, a side note here: Abraham Deweese just got a just got a promotion and a raise and a new job. Yes. And apparently, it was for a lot of money because to him, a hundred thousand dollars is kind of meh, not so good. <laughs> I'm just saying. We will not be publishing wow. my home address, by the way. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I'm like, I want to know how much you're getting paid in your new job. If a hundred thousand dollars is kind of well, no, listen, no, no, you so listen, you okay? Live in Seattle. <laughs> Live in Seattle for sixty thousand dollars a year. Tell me how that's going to happen. You know, it, it, uh, hundred thousand doesn't mean what it did ten years ago. I I know I'm giving you <laughs> hundred thousand is still hundred thousand still is, is a decent amount of money. You can live off that, no problem. It it, it is, but if you're talking about get, taking away half my pay, that well, yeah, I that, got a that's problem. Is a lot of money. Yeah. It doesn't have to be half. It can be seventy five. It can be seven percent. I don't know. Well, it is. In this hypothetical situation, there would be, like you said, some sort of agreement with the union. The union would work it out, and then the players would vote, like, do we accept that? And and it would be, it would, I think I think they're going to have to, at some point, probably yeah. discuss this if they don't get the game going in the next, like, couple weeks here. Yeah. Um, I, they're going to have to discuss that. But I would not do it out of the goodness of my heart. I mean, that's. Yeah, I wouldn't do it by myself. <laughs> it's like, if the it's union fine. comes to an agreement, then that's different. Yeah, you know. So. You billionaires that are owners, you guys, I don't want to take your money, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I think what happened, I think what will happen, though, I mean, I'm answering the ba- based on the way you asked it. I think what yeah. will happen, though, is there's going to have to be some sort of agreement between the union and the owners, look at revenue lost, and then you have to equally share the burden of that of that loss. That would make sense. Yeah, I don't think all the burden, though, goes on. That would be intelligent and thoughtful, and so it will not happen. So there's absolutely no place for that in Major League Baseball. <laughs> no other whatsoever. <laughs> Any final... Coherent, it's well-reasoned, it's well-thought-out, therefore it has no business being here at all. <laughs> okay, so, so far I have been attacking uh, Brian Solak mercilessly, so I'll give him the last word on today's show. Yeah, because he, uh, he, the last time he spoke, he still sounded really, really revved up. <laughs> he, he really is amped up. I, I'm, I'm speechless. Uh, um, then I've done my I, job. <laughs> and, and hear how I start out the show. I said I was going to 
you told us to go after you and I never did. And then you turned the tables <laughs> on me went after me. Uh, yeah. Don't ever, don't ever miss a, an opportunity to go after. And that's, that's got to learn from this. I hope, hopefully I did. <laughs> it's the scorpion and the frog. It's in my nature. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really be upset at him for it. <laughs> but do you have any shout outs? Do you have any shout outs though? Select? <laughs> um, yeah, I do would like to give a shout out to Seattle university, Red Hawks. Uh, we cover them for baseball and basketball, and a lot of seniors got their ear, ears cut short because of it. I mean, Red, Red, the basketball team, they were headed on to the conference tournament, I believe, and the baseball team was just getting started. Just, um, just so, Hopefully there's a lot of local people t- listening to us. Just go out and you know let's support them next year and hope for the best for these kids because they got a great a great organization down there and they they, they deserve they de- deserve a shout out um want to say hi to Phil Mann too the director of baseball i mean he he's he's taken care of us over the last few years and uh, any any Seattle U alumni out there go online and order some of their their gear i mean do what you can to support the university i mean a lot of these kids were bas- from the baseball team were crushed just reading online, and they know that health is more important. Um, there was actually one baseball player on the team that got COVID, and thank God that he survived it, and he's doing well, and he's been healthy for the last three weeks. So right just on. wanted to give them a shout-out. Yeah. So. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Uh, thank you, Brian Solek. Thank you, Matt Page. Thank you for all of you guys listening. Have a great day, and uh, check us out on Twitter at Seattle Sports U as well. Check us out at www.seattlesportsunion.com.